Hey everybody, Sean Early here. In this episode, I want to talk about some mixed bag of tricks regarding AI and some current things that are going on this week. I also want to kind of go into uh, sharing a little bit of thoughts about what I'd say is coming to terms with generative AI art. Uh, had a lot of sort of thoughts over the last month about this topic, so I wanted to share my feelings. I also wanted to tell you about an upcoming event we have called Spacewalk Talks here in our our Minds Germany studios in November. So I'm uh, going to be sharing a lot about that as well. So I'll see you in the episode. T minus five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the new Robot Spaceship Podcast, covering innovative news, trends, emerging technology, and how it affects the economy, business, and culture. If you like this podcast, don't forget to click the subscribe button in order to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. Hey everybody, Sean Early here. Welcome to the latest episode of the Robot Spaceship Podcast. Um, Got a kind of a mixed bag of things to talk about today, most of them revolving around AI. I've kind of hesitated to do a podcast recently because there's just been so much going on that it's kind of hard to keep track of for one, and it's also hard to sort of fit it all into a bigger picture in terms of what's what kind of strategy to, you know, a way to approach it. And I think it's, we've been doing a lot of consulting at Robot Spaceship with a lot of companies on what generative AI is and how to use it. And it's a lot of work just every day, just keeping up on the news. Um, there's a there's a Gartner Hype Cycle um, chart that comes out once a year, every year. I don't know the regularity, but a lot of people reference it for technology, for hype cycles for technology. Um, we reference it a while before for like virtual reality, mixed reality, metaverse kind of stuff. And there's another one regarding AI. And what this says is it, they tip, they're pretty spot on in terms of it. Basically, it, it has to do with with when a technology is gaining hype and when they reach the sort of pinnacle of hype and then they kind of drop down in their popularity because it basically was just a hype and then it starts to ramp up again to become more useful and more effective. And right now, they say that generative AI is sort of on the on the very pinnacle of the hype cycle. Um, but interestingly enough, most of those hype cycles, they tend to drop off in a year or two. But in the case of generative AI, what they said is, and if I believe, if I, if I understand this graph right, it basically says that generative AI has another five to 10 years of hype cycle before it drops off, basically before people get bored. And it's uh, pretty crazy considering how fast this stuff is just coming out on a day-to-day basis and basically just transforming major, uh, in this case, corporate communications in general. And so there's a there's a lot of things to keep up on. So I've just been really struggling to sort of stay up to date on a daily basis on what's going on. And two, um, kind of wanted to talk a little bit about generative AI in terms of art and the creative community and kind of some thoughts I had on sort of coming to terms with generative AI art in general. But before I get into all that, uh, I want to do a little bit of house cleaning. 
Um, I want to tell you about this new event we have coming up in January. Uh, sorry, in, uh, in uh, November seventh at our Gonsberg Loft campus here in Mainz, where we're located, Mainz, Germany. It's called Spacewalk Talks. It's basically a new series where we have a full day event where we invite a bunch of speakers to come and talk about tech and uh, business and sort of the future of where it's all going. So in other words, it's basically kind of a big futurist conference that we have. Um, it's first one is in my, in Mainz, Germany here at our campus. It's on November 11th. And uh, we got a number of speakers coming up. Um, a lot of them will be talking about um, artificial intelligence. Um, we have Julian Van Dyken, who basically, if you've been following sort of the social media, he did a bunch of um, AI-generated videos where it's like Obama and um, Angela Merkel dancing on a beach and all that kind of stuff, and a lot of images. And so he had a lot of, a lot of thoughts to share on the topic. So um, it's going to be a lot of speakers, going to be a lot of interesting things to talk about. So I encourage you guys to, uh, if you're in the area and you want to attend, uh, especially my German-speaking listeners, if you want to attend, if you're in the Mines area, um in November, I highly recommend joining us. It's going to be a great day of events and workshops and and uh, just a great time to come and talk about AI, different types of tech, and the future of work and how it all kind of intermingles in this crazy spaghetti that we live in right now in terms of new technology. So um, I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to follow through on that, more information. I'm going to be talking about it quite a bit over the next couple of weeks. And I'm also going to try to basically do this podcast once a week. I have so many things going on and so many other podcasts and things that I'm trying to just focus right now. So I think I want to put a little bit more effort in just to basically keeping people up to date on kind of what's going on in tech. Um, got a lot of people lined up for interviews. I've just been kind of pushing it off just because I've started trying to, like I said, I was just trying to get a sense for how how I feel about all this. It's so much happening and um, it's changing so many things so quickly that it's really just a constant state of keeping up to date on things. Not not just to communicate to my clients, but just to, to me in general, just trying to stay up to date on everything. It's literally just every day. It's a wash of information. I've never seen anything like this since maybe... Like when the iPhone came out and everybody started building apps and all of a sudden there was an app for everything and everybody's freaking out about this app or that app or that game or whatever, or what you could do with your apps. Um, this is kind of the same, only this is much bigger. It's affecting a lot more things. Um, some new things that just came up recently, uh, got, I don't know, go through the list. Um, but in, in regards to ChatGPT in general, um, you can now, they have a plugin now where you can browse the internet using a Bing plugin. So before they kind of turned that off, but basically you just ask ChatGPT, you activate the plugin and it can now track what's going on on the modern internet. So before basically it was using a database that was kind of up to date since 2021. So all the information that it referenced was old. And now in this case, um, as of, I don't know if it launched just this week, I'm not sure. Um, you can basically just tell it to, you know, you activate the Bing plugin, you say, you know, what's going on in this industry right now? Who, you know, what, what was it asked yesterday? So I've been listening to a lot of heavy metal. So I said, what are the top heavy metal bands for, um, you know, September 2023? 
and it basically just went out and found it and, and scrolled it and gave me gave me the information and it's pretty pretty crazy right now. Um, another thing that's going on is that there is a lot going on in the sort of localization, the translation space. So there's a lot of platforms now that are starting to be able to just, you can talk to it in your normal voice and whatever you're going to say in your language, and it translates it basically and uses your actual voice. So, you know, I could, I could be talking to you right now. I could take this recording. I can feed it through this thing and it will basically just re it'll, it'll copy my voice the way it sounds and it'll re-record it in whatever language I want to spit out. And I think it's like, I don't know, it's like a one or two bucks a minute or something like that, but it's crazy. Um, it sounds exactly like the person speaking, only speaking Japanese or whatever, or, you know, Spanish or something. Um, so there's a lot of work going on there. I think Spotify basically announced that they're starting to work on how to embed that into their podcast platform. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. I could I use Spotify for for uploading my podcasts, and uh, basically, you know, if if it works the way I think it is, you'll be able to just upload the podcast. Like I'll upload this in English, and I'll say, you know, spit it out in whatever you know million different languages, or maybe the person who's listening wants to hear it in that particular language and it'll, it'll do that. I don't know exactly what they're, I haven't seen the beta yet, but I think that's the way it is. So uh, incredible opportunity to reach a lot of people all over the world who don't understand your language. So that's really exciting. That's transformative right there is just instant localization in your own voice. That's crazy. So um, imagine movies coming out, you know, cause I live in Germany and I watch a lot of movies and sometimes, you know, my kids want to watch something in German, even though it's an English movie and you know, it doesn't bother me so much that the the dialogue is in German, but it bothers me that the the person, the voice actor who's speaking for that actor, is not the same sound as the actor in English, and it loses a lot of the the charm for me. And in this case, you know, if you could basically just copy the actual sound of the real actor only speaking in a different language, that would really, I think, improve the user experience of just watching a movie. That would be amazing. Um, I mean, millions of use cases with this, but uh, it's really exciting that that's happening. Trying to think of what's going down the list here. That's uh, that's a lot of it right now in terms of new stuff. Uh, Meta came out with their new uh, headset and they're also announcing a lot of baked in, what I'm calling it baked in AI because a lot of people are using that. Um, the, they announced they're going to use some sort of new avatar thing in their chat. I have to, I, I literally, I, I saw the news yesterday, they announced it and I have to, I have to research it a little bit more. So maybe I'll talk about that later, but they're using it for some sort of, you know, voice assistant kind of Siri thing only with, with their messenger platform. And they use different personalities and, and avatars to be able to talk to you. So you'll be able to use their chat, you know, to just like, talking to ChatGPT or just like talking to Siri or whatever. Um, and there'll be sort of this personality with a certain kind of voice. They they had they use Snoop Dogg as an example. So that's interesting where that's going to go. Um, a lot of other things that are just sort of like when I say baked in, like they have a, had a feature where you could, you basically use generative AI to create your own emoji, basically. Like if you have an emoji that you want that doesn't quite represent the feeling, then you could just tell this thing to create emoji like that and it'll do that. So little things like that. I've been using a lot of, or I'd say I've been seeing a lot of 
baked in AI happening a lot. There's there's two different web platforms that I use for my websites. Um, one is WordPress, and there's a WordPress plugin called Divi that I use. It's a it's a it's a theme. And they recently just embedded AI into their theme now. So you can basically, when you're when you're going in to edit your website, there's a little box if you want to edit some text or whatever, you can just go in and you can ask it to, you know, there's AI baked in right into the text editing area. So you can just say, hey, you know, write this headline a little better or write this section a little better or translate it or whatever, and it'll do it. It's right there in the interface. Um, same with images. You can say, hey, I need an image for this this header um, you know, of a, I don't know, a beautiful sky or something, and it'll just create one for you. Or you can say, hey, take this this crappy image I have on there already and improve it, and it'll do that. So it's really crazy how that's starting to really just kind of like get like I said, baked into a lot of different things. Um, another platform I use is called Symboly, and they have the same feature built into their website with the text. So it's it's really starting to step in in all kinds of interesting places and be incredibly helpful. And I think it's just going to continue and continue. And like I said about the, I'll, I'll share the links to all these things in the in the show notes. But like I said, all these things, if you if you refer back to when I talked about the, the Gartner hype cycle graph, if we're talking about five to 10 years of hype continuing and things are changing so quickly on a daily basis, I can't imagine where things are going to be in between five and 10 years from now. What's life going to be like in five to 10 years to the point where we're going to get bored of it? Because at this point, things are just popping up on a daily basis it's amazing. So I have to ask myself, is this amazing trend going to continue for five or 10 years? Are we going to kind of drop off a little bit? But uh, it just, it's, it's nonstop. So it's really, it's a really exciting time to be in technology and just observing all this and trying to make sense of it. Um, That's kind of the the top of the trends for this week. There's a lot more. And I, like I said, I'm going to be trying to have more of a weekly sort of what's going on, um, sort of theme to the podcast if I'm not doing a lot of interviews. A lot of interview people lined up. Um, I apologize if I haven't gotten back to you. I just really have been trying to just make more of an assessment for myself on this before I try to communicate it out to people or have more rational discussions with people about it. But I think I'm getting to that point, which kind of leads me to what I also want to talk about today. Um, I recently wrote an article on Robot Spaceship Magazine called um, Coming to Terms with AI, The Shift from Artists to Storytellers. And it's basically just kind of me sharing some feelings on me as an, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of things for a living, but I also, I you know, I am a designer. I have been a designer. I do digital art as a hobby. And seeing AI and seeing this kind of AI art generation sort of take over in places I really kind of had sort of a a little bit of a crisis trying to decide how I felt about it because it really, um, you know, if if you spend your you know your your blood, sweat, and tears learning how to be a creative person and design things or be an artist <clears throat> to draw out a paint or whatever, and having a machine just bang something out in seconds that is 10,000 times more amazing than anything that you would be able to do. It's pretty intimidating and it's kind of depressing. And, you know, while I, I champion using AR, 
AI as a tool, it also is pretty clear that this is really replacing the need for a lot of design and photography and art. And, you know, it's not going to replace it altogether. People are still going to do that. People are still going to be creative. They're going to draw, they're going to paint, and that's awesome. But also for, you know, for business as a tool, this is replacing that. It already has replaced that. All of the, you know, all the stock art platforms basically are kind of irrelevant at some point because they're basically using generative AI now <clears throat> for everything. It's baked right into Adobe Photoshop. So, you know, you can you can go to a platform like Midjourney. Um, I'm using another platform called Leonardo.ai, which is really awesome. They create sort of more, kind of more fantasy art kind of stuff. But anyway, really, really cool quality stuff. But you can create an image there and you can either edit it in... Leonardo has its own editing, you know, feature in there. And you can also just load your image into Photoshop and Photoshop has this generative fill feature where, you know, if you don't like, you know, if you, if you make a, an image of somebody and you don't like the shirt they're wearing or whatever, you just can circle the shirt and say, Hey, change the shirt to this or change the color or make it do this or whatever. And it'll just do that. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how, how, easy it is and how effective it is at just getting what you want, if, especially if you're in design or corporate communications where you just need an image that will just you know, project the message that you want. Um, you can get it done in, in seconds, really, if you need to. And so I've been using it a lot to create art, to sort of generate sort of a, a beginning render of something. And then I use um, Adobe Photoshop and Generative Fill to basically edit the crap out of it and sort of chop and slice and dice and create something new. Um, there's more more sort of features that are being baked into these art platforms to be able to do the same things. But you know, for the most part, you know, it's getting to the point where you know, it's not just some random crappy image anymore. It's something amazing and it's really on target too. So I've been using it a lot. You know, we use a lot of the images for Robot Spaceship Magazine. I use it a lot for just personal art and being creative. Um, recently launched a t-shirt um, company that makes like rock and heavy metal t-shirts. And I've been using AI for the models to show the t-shirts and stuff, which is really crazy. Pretty awesome. So I don't have to go out and hire models just to, to show that. I don't even have to download. You know, it used to be able to download a a uh, uh, sort of a template from Photoshop where it was like a you know somebody wearing a shirt and you basically just click and you add the design to a certain thing and then it that kind of pulls the design into the person's shirt. You don't even need to do that anymore because AI will help help you know create the person that you want. You just Photoshop it in there. But um, it's just saving so much time and so many things that I'm doing, and I kind of had to come to terms with it. And the the point of the the article was basically one um, AI art is here. It's not going away and we have to come to terms with using it as a tool. We have to come to an understanding of how we use it and how we feel about it. It's not going away. And there, what was it, the news came out was it yesterday, I think where the, the Hollywood writers guild um, were trying to come to an agreement with um, the movie industry, TV industry, um, so that they 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 agreed not to use AI to replace the writers, and the writers also want to be able to use AI to help them write, and they're trying to you know they come to some agreement, and 
it's supposed to be some big big transformative decision that was made in the entertainment industry that they say is going to transfer down to all the other creative industries and you know while i i i champion them for trying i just my gut feeling is that you know like I, I keep saying in this article, is like that horse has left the stables. It's not coming back. You know, I mean, you can you can block this stuff all you want. You can you can regulate it all you want. But the you know, getting to the point, if if a movie company can write a script for you know, hundreds of bucks or maybe even ten bucks. And it takes them five minutes to do as opposed to hiring a whole bunch of people and hundreds of millions of dollars to write a script for a movie. It doesn't matter how many laws are going to be in place. They're going to replace that. It's just, it's just basic, you know, logic. And I think the same with the creative industry in general. If companies can use this tech to save money, to get it done quickly, to get it done more effectively, they're going to use it. And we're already using it right now in all kinds of places. So it's it's a done deal. Um, and a lot of people are, are fighting against it and, and saying no. And, you know, there's this human human edge that's never going to be replaced. And maybe that is true in some cases. But the AI is getting so good that you literally don't need to use anybody else to get something done, especially if you're doing it for a business. So trying to come to terms with that as an artist, as a designer, um, and trying to figure out how to move forward with that reality, I think. Um, and if we look back on things like, uh, you know, Photoshop, you know, Photoshop came in like the late 80s, you know, before everybody was was doing graphics with their hands and, you know, they're they're hand drawing things and taking photos and and you know uh, um, you know processing the photos by hand with film and everybody was you know these these ad agencies with these artists on these big giant drafting boards with all kinds of you know cutting and slicing and dicing text and all that kind of stuff and then photoshop comes along and basically says you can do it all on a computer and people kind of fought against that but at some point people realize well that's that's just the way it, it's a lot faster, it's easier. Um, and it kind of replaced that. I mean, still people do a little bit of that by hand as an art form, but for the most part, you know, you use, use digital tools these days to create media. Um, when you look back at books, you know, Amazon started and, you know, before you had to go to the bookstore, you had, or, you know, mail order catalog or whatever, but you had to go to a bookstore and find the book that you wanted. And now you basically just go online and you find the book, you order it, it's delivered to your house, or you can basically just download the ebook to your, your, your phone, your tablet or your Kindle or whatever. And did it replace books? No, not entirely, but did it change the industry? Yes. I mean, literally there's a handful, one, two bookstores in town here now that are downsizing because of this and, you know, bookstores in general. Same with record stores. When I was a kid, we had to go to the record store and you buy a cassette or you buy an album and then CDs replaced it. And then at some point, the same with the film industry, DVDs replaced film and it continues, you know, and now we use online streaming platforms to get most of our music. I don't think I've, you know, I don't, I have a stack of CDs that I keep just for, for, uh, you know, for my, my, you know, 
happiness factor, you know, it gives me a good feeling to, to look at the CDs, but you know, do I play them? No, I just, I open up Spotify and, you know, I stream and that's where things are going. It's transforming the industry and you can't fight it because it's, it's going to continue. Um, you know, the same with, with sampling in general, creating music. We, um, you know, people used to play instruments a lot. People used to physically learn an instrument, play an instrument. They had to be in a band. They had to go to a recording studio. They had to record it. Um, and now sampling happened. And, you know, I mean, the entire genre of hip hop was made because people sampled somebody else's song. They looped it and they created a different song out of it. And people were upset about it when they got started. And now it's basically the, the number one, you know, hip hop and pop are the number one genres of music these days. And it created sample-based music. So people create music with sample these days. I mean, a lot of like rock bands these days don't even have real drums. They program, the, the drummer programs the drums with a keyboard and uses sampled drums to, you know, create the drum parts in their songs. Um, you know, entire symphonies are written just by people playing on a keyboard with sampled, you know, strings or whatever. So again, digital replaces things, it changes things, and it transforms industries, whether you like it or not. And if it's going to make something easier, then people are going to go that route. There's, there's no getting around it. So again, it was, it was, it was a lot of just one, me mourning the loss of, you know, needing to be creative because, you know, I used to do freelancing. So, you know, I would, you know, charge a couple thousand bucks for a piece and at this point, you know, you can do the same thing in two seconds on a computer and you have to come to terms with that. You have to con come to terms with where you find value in that world because it's a reality. And for me, I have to look at it as a tool. I have to sort of, I have to sort of suck it up and bite my lip and say, okay, well, that time is gone. Time to move on to the next step. How are we going to use this to improve, you know, whatever it is we need to do? And I think this is not going to change for a long time because as AI continues to replace things or um, copy things or improve or streamline things, this is a never-ending cycle. And if, like I said, the Gartner hype cycle is five to 10 years right now, we got another five to 10 years of this that we have to adapt to. And when it comes to comes to artists, a lot of people are saying this, which I, I still need to kind of wrap my head around a little bit, but the point is to kind of switch from the artist mindset to a storyteller mindset. Because, you know, if if you're thinking about creating an image or creating a some audio or video using AI tools in whatever state they're in, you have to basically say, I want you to make this thing, or I want you to make this image like this or write a song like that or a video about this. So you have to become the instigator. And at that point you kind of become a, a, a producer and you have to sort of tell it the story that you want it to tell. And I think we have to get into this storyteller mindset because that's really where our ability as creative human beings are going to kind of sit in this tech. And Again, it, it kind of hurts because you're not going to be so hands-on. It's not going to be so tactical anymore. You're not going to be the ones in there drawing and creating anymore. And I mean, unless you want to, unless you feel it adds to it. But in, in 
most instances, I'd say it's going to be replaced. So you have to become sort of the storyteller. You have to be the conductor of that symphony of AI. That's, that's how it has to be, I think. And I, I'm not comfortable with it, but I have to sort of come to that reality. But because like I said, you know, that the horse has left the stables on this, the, the genie is out of the bottle. It's not coming back. And, you know, unless, you know, there's a zombie apocalypse and, you know, the entire uh, electricity grid goes down and the internet shuts off, this tech is going to continue to remain, you know, and it doesn't matter like how many world organizations are going to block or regulate it. If you can get this stuff and install it on your own machine or a couple servers, then somebody's going to use it. And... I don't see any other way around it. So <clears throat> it's a little melancholy thinking about it, but uh, for the most part, I just have to sort of get past that and think about moving forward. And like I said, you know, it, it, it's like AI is like instant dopamine. And at the same time, it's depressing at the same time. It's like eating a bowl of cereal every day. And, you know, you can't live on cereal every day. You have to eat your vegetables or whatever. But so far, I think when we talk about human creativity, if that's, if that's the vegetable, um, it's, it's not the same, you know what I mean? Because, uh, at some point it's all going to be more streamlined and we have to, we have to come to terms with that. And probably it's, it's, it's ongoing discussion with me. I'll probably, maybe I'll change my mind on a lot of things here, but I, I really need to start that communication just for myself internally. And like I said, I've been kind of introspective the past, I'd say month about this as I see this tech come on and been playing with it a lot, experimenting with it, um, enjoying what I come out of it. But again, it's, it's also, uh, it's, it's depressing at the same time. I can't explain the feeling. Um, so yeah, exciting and depressing, but I guess that's, that's all I wanted to talk about today. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the topic. Um, really interested in hearing how people are adapting to this, especially creatives, especially sort of on the visual side of things. I think music is coming next. Music's going to hit hard very soon. I was just listening to a podcast the other day. I'd have to, I have to dig up the link. This woman's building a platform that basically takes any song and analyzes it and breaks the song down into different sections and allows you to rearrange the song into different sections, um, like more chorus in the beginning or more guitar solo or whatever. And it'll seamlessly assemble the song however you want it. And the next step, I guess, as she's talking about that is that it'll allow you to sort of analyze the best parts of a song. Um, I mean, th this thing should, it, it can actually break apart a song. It can break apart a song in, down into specific tracks. So I can upload my MP3 of a completed song and it'll break down all the tracks. It'll make a, a stem of the drums, a stem of the, the guitars and the vocals and the bass and all that stuff, separate tracks. And then it'll allow you to remix those so that, okay, say this song, the drums aren't so great in this section, so just replace them with um, using an algorithm that basically analyzes all the other songs that have a great section with good drums, and it replaces the drums or it replaces the 
the playability of that section. And so in a way, they're actually working towards improving a song with algorithms that relate to other songs to determine, you know, if the listenership gets more emotion out of a certain aspect of a certain song, it allowed this song to be changed to adapt to that. So in a way we're getting into like psychological manipulation of music on the fly um, to improve based on people's, you know, response and emotion to this music. So that's pretty insane. I mean, think about all the amazing songs that were written in history and you put it in this thing and it relates this song to other songs that are popular now and completely rewrites the song so that they adapt now to what modern people are appreciating in music. Um, that's really insane. So, I mean, this, this hasn't, this is all in, in beta. It hasn't even played out yet, but that's, that's where this is going. So music is, is going to change in some pretty crazy ways really soon. So I think, me being also a musician, that's also something I'm going to have to come into terms with as well. It's also really exciting if there are tools that will help you to be more creative. But at the same time, it's also crazy that a machine will basically just start creating music um, by itself. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of craziness going on. I'll try to keep you up to date every week and uh, share my thoughts and feelings. And again, just as a as another pitch, please, um, if you're in Mines Germany in November, please consider going to Spacewalk Talks. Um, it's a whole day of really great um, speakers and just talking about all kinds of amazing futurist topics. And uh, look forward to seeing you. If you're going to be there, reach out and let me know. Um, tickets are still available, so I'll leave the link in the show notes. Um, and uh, if you're going to be, let me know because I'd love to talk to you. So with that said, I'm Sean Early. Um, forgive the ramble, but uh, there's just a lot going on in my mind right now that I wanted to share. Um, and I encourage you, as always, to reach out and get in touch. Let me know your thoughts and feelings. Um, also, please subscribe and follow this podcast on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And also give us a like, share, and a follow on all the social media channels. We're on most of them. Um, everything's in the show notes. Um, so with that said, I'm Sean Early, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. If you like this podcast, don't forget to click the subscribe button in order to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. This podcast has been brought to you by the Robot Spaceship Podcast Network. For more information and other great podcast series, go to robotspaceship.com and subscribe. 